Okay, turn in your notes now, if you would, to the page that deals with advanced polysyllabic words in fourth grade. And what we're going to learn about are several things. First, we'll look at inflectional suffixes. Then we're going to look at derivational affixes. And then we're going to learn about free and bound roots. Let's look at the easiest type of suffix to learn, and that is the inflectional suffix. Now, inflectional suffixes do the following. They make plurals and possessives, they make comparatives and superlatives, and they also form the verb tenses. So if you just memorize that, along with these examples, you'll be able to remember it. Now, let's take a look first at cats and mics and look at this inflectional suffix and this inflectional suffix. Cats and mike, cat and mike are both nouns. But notice what happens when we add the inflectional suffix s to cats and the possessive s to mics. Well, that's what it does. It changes a noun to a plural noun, in the case of cats, and it changes mics into a possessive noun. So one function then that inflectional suffixes um, undertake is the following. They make things plural, and I'll abbreviate, and they make things possessive. I will also abbreviate. And they do this for nouns. Now take a look at tall. In both instances, tall is an adjective, but these are different varieties of adjective. We're still within the same lexical category, but now we're talking about adjectives. So we have taller and tall est. Well, in one sense, taller, that is a comparative adjective. That's what it is, and I'm going to abbreviate comparative adjective. And understand that that simply means that you're comparing one thing with another. She's taller than he is. It's a comparative adjective. In the case of the superlative, and I will abbreviate that too, the superlative, superlative adjective simply means most, like she is the tallest one in the class. Now, runs and walked in the last column, these are all verbs. And in the case of runs, this is simply for agreement, subject-verb agreement. It runs, he runs, she runs. So that uh, S marker will just simply be for third-person singular subject-verb agreement. That's what S slash V stands for, subject-verb agreement. ED and ING, these are tenses, and so the S will also be used for making tenses like it walked, she walked, it is walking, uh, he was walking, she was walking, and that's really about all there is to that. For teaching these things, a common activity again is making words Well, you will have cat on an index card and show the child perhaps how to add the S to that word, and there's uh, another activity, a close activity that you could do that I'll go over a little bit later. Now, this isn't any more difficult to grasp, but there's a different variety of affix that exists. It is called the derivational affix, and derivational affixes can be either prefixes or suffixes. So, just look at the term affix first. Affix simply refers to either prefixes or suffixes. Some suffixes, however, are derivational in nature, others are inflected. So, let me show you what this uh, looks like so that you can sort of see it in terms of a, of a hierarchy. Just give me one second and let me flip over to a, a blank screen and understand that we have something called an affix. An affixes will divide into two different categories. One category, remember, is the prefix and the other category is the suffix. Now, prefixes are always derivational. Suffixes, suffixes can either be uh, derivational in nature or they can be inflectional in, inflectional in nature. So let's write that on here, derivational. 
mm, kind of don't like the way that I'm writing this, but I'm not going to reshoot it. Let me just uh, abbreviate it as deriv, if I may. And then over here, we'll have it be inflection will be the next one. Okay, so affixes divide into prefixes and suffixes. Some affixes are derivational in nature, others are inflectional in nature. So go ahead and copy that down, and we're going to come back to the slide after we look at some structural analysis together. So let me flip back over to our notes page, and let's take a look at structural analysis first, and then we'll look at really what the distinction between an inflectional suffix and a derivational affix is. Okay, so we've got the word denationalization. The way an activity for structural analysis is carried out is like this. We have the word denationalization. We can syllabicate it into de, na, shun, al, i, ze, shun. So there's a whole lot of syllables in there, and we would hope that a child would be able to manage all of those syllables. So let's now look at the constituent elements. The base word or what you will learn later, the free root is nation. And nation, as you know, means state, and it happens to be a noun. Now, when we add al to that word, nation to national, we have changed it to an adjective. It is no longer a noun. It is an adjective. And the meanings have changed, importantly enough. So we go from nation to national, from noun to adjective. When we add iz to the word, we have now created a verb nationalize. There would be an E at the end of it. So nationalize is not the same as national, nor is it the same as nation, but notice what happens in English. For advanced polysyllabic words, we begin to add and stack suffixes. Now A-T-I-O-N changes it back to a noun, but if we compare the new noun, nationalization, with the first noun, nation, they don't mean the same thing. Now watch what happens when we add the prefix D to this word. When we add it, it means to undo. So instead of nationalizing something, putting something together, we undo it, we denationalize, we take it apart. So the first thing that you should notice about derivational affixes is that they change meaning. They're going to drastically change the meaning of a word. In the case of the suffix, not only will the meaning change, but the grammar will change. So let's go back to our um, little uh, schema that we're, or the graphic organizer that we're using right here, and take a look at denationalization. Well, remember that nation would be right here. This is our base word, nation. But if we were to collect the derivational prefixes, D would be here, all would be here in the case of the suffix, I's would be here, and A-T-I-O-N would be here, because all of those would be considered derivational suffixes. Derivational prefix is D, nation is the base word, and it happens to be a noun. Now, in terms of an inflected ending, in terms of an inflected ending, let's say that we made that a plural noun by adding an S, denationalizations. And I don't know if I've ever heard that you know, used before uh, ever, but let's just make it a plural. Well, since that S is simply making a whole big noun plural, because this whole thing is one great big noun, and this S is the plural marker, our inflectional suffix then is sort of minor in this because it isn't changing the grammar. It's changing the meaning only slightly, but changing the meaning within the same uh, family of words, the same type of word, which is in this case a noun. Now something else that I should uh, 
go over with you besides affixes and derivational prefixes and derivational and, and inflected suffixes is the idea of morphemes. Let's go over some morphemes together. And morphemes are units of meaning. Units of meaning. And we can count them. For example, in the case of the word cat, let's start with cat. This collection of letters or sounds is going to give us one morpheme. And I'll abbreviate that as morph. There's only one morpheme in there. Now, we have to ask ourselves what kind of morpheme it is. Is it free or is it bound? Well, I can say cat and it has meaning, so it is free. So this is one free morpheme that we're dealing with. Now let me write in here cat with an inflectional suffix s. Well, notice that we've actually got two units of meaning, one free and one bound. So one free morpheme, that's free, and one morpheme that happens to be bound. Well, what does bound mean in this context? What it means is it can't stand by itself. I can't, for example, say uh, s -s 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 and have it mean anything. It doesn't really mean uh, much. In given context, it might, but that's kind of stretching things. Now let's go back to the word that we were working with, denation, and let's just leave it a denational eyes, I-Z-E, -E, and let's count up the morphemes. Well, in here, we have one free morpheme, and that free morpheme obviously is nation. And that says nation right there, believe it or not. We also have a number of bound morphemes. We have D and all and I's. So we have one, two, three bound. They can't stand by themselves. Those include D and all and eyes. And if we added an S to that denationalizes, for example, for third person singular, that would be an inflected suffix and that would be another uh, morpheme. So we can throw that on there. I'll, let me add an S right here. And so that would change that not to three bound, but instead to four bound. Three happen to be derivational affixes, like D is derivational, L is derivational, I is derivational, and one is inflected out of the four bound. Now, if I write a nonsense word up here, like PTFS, how many morphemes do I have? I have no morphs, because it doesn't mean anything. Okay, so to sum up then, there are different varieties of affixes. Some affixes are derivational in nature and others happen to be inflectional in nature. The way that you tell the difference then, one way, is just look at the type of suffix it is. If it's making a plural or a possessive comparative superlative or a verb tense, then it's inflectional. If it is drastically changing the grammar of the word as we saw in the word denationalization, and the meaning is drastically changed by adding the suffix, then it's got to be derivational in nature. Okay, the next topic that I have to go over with you are the differences between free and uh, bound roots, and I'm going to come back and do that with you, and then we'll move on to context.